All right, we're recording. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast, Returning to the Heart of Jesus. I'm your host, Bill Wegner. And uh, for those of you who have been watching for a while, uh, you know that our format is a little bit different today. Uh, I'm very excited. We're going to uh, interview Brent Heiser, who's a really close friend of mine and uh, a former uh, partner in ministry. We used to do the uh, parish missions together. And so, but before we get started with Brent, let's uh, do what we usually do. And let's begin as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Amen. Brent, hello there. Hello there. How you doing? Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, you're obviously our, uh, our, our guinea pig, because uh, this is the first, uh, this is the first interview we're doing, and it, it'll be a relief for the people to hear another voice, and they don't have to just look at me uh, preaching to them. So uh, try not to mess this up, Brent, you know, because this is very important. I don't think I can mess it up any more than you do, Bill, you know, but hey, thanks. It's good to be here. That's a good point. That's a, that's a very good point. Well, uh, Brent and I, as I said, used to do the missions for, I think, about eight years. Eight years, we would travel all over Ireland and uh, Northern Ireland and all around the United States doing parish, parish missions. And uh, I, I'm going to say this, and maybe you'll agree or not, but we had some adventures you know, we yes, had we some, did. We had quite we had a few some, adventures and some experiences, and uh, some of them we could actually share with the people. But I would say most of them we we couldn't, whatever that means, right? So why don't you tell us? Uh, why don't we start this way, Brent? And why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you got involved in ministry and that kind of stuff? Sure. I'm a convert to the church, first and foremost. I came into the church in 1990. Um, I had several businesses before that. And after I came into the church, I really felt that there was a strong pull on my spirit to do something even deeper, uh, to go deeper, as, as uh, Pope John Paul II said. And uh, it just so happened after I came into the church, a couple of years after I came in at Holy Infant Catholic Church in Durham, um, I got an advertisement in the mail for a school of evangelization in Florida. And I responded to it, went down there, uh, ended up going multiple times, heard a lot of stuff that I didn't hear when I was in confirmation. You know, confirmation was excellent for me. It gave me a, uh, it gave me a real connection with the church. It helped me understand. Uh, it gave me a lot of background about the church, a lot of the church teachings, uh, and, uh, you know, certainly the sacraments. Now, let me just but interrupt was, you a second. It, Did you have to go through RCIA? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I went through RCIA. RCIA and then, yeah. I was baptized exactly. as a Presbyterian. Yes. But uh, so I didn't, uh, I didn't, I was just confirmed at Holy Infant. But the, the school really, really dug into the essence of what it means to live the gospel, which you, I really didn't, I, I didn't go that deep in RCIA. And uh, it, it was a transformative experience for me. Um, and after, you know, after a few years of going down there and volunteering, you and I met down there and we 
started schools of evangelization in our respective states. And then we felt like, uh, you know, that we were called to do parish missions. So we did that for eight years. Yeah, that was a, it was an interesting time. It was very, it really very, was. Excuse me. It was very, very yeah. exciting. And uh, I remember uh, that uh, I felt that I, the same, same as you, workshop in Florida, all of that kind of stuff. And I remember that I, I was, I felt that after a while, then this is a process. This is a process that went on for years. It wasn't like over a weekend we said, oh, I think we should go do parish missions. Because to be, to be real frank with that is it, churches were not inviting lay people to come in to do parish missions at that time. That's for sure. It, it was mostly the clergy uh, that were doing. And, uh, but then we, we felt that God was calling us to do that and to bring uh, not new revelation, but a new viewpoint. For right. Us. A new perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it, and for me, it was, it was wonderful. And I, I remember you were, you were, because maybe you were newer in the church. Uh, you were a little reluctant to do that. You were a little reluctant. I was at first. Yeah. Yes. I was yeah. at first. Um, you know, I really, I went out, we have a retreat center here in Durham called Avila retreat center. It was initially run by Franciscan sisters. That's part of the diocese now. But I remember when I was going through the process and it, as you said, it's a process. Uh, I'd been to the school. Um, you know, you and I had talked about doing parish mission work and, you know, it meant a pretty big change for both of us sure. uh, to do that. And I remember going out to a retreat, a private retreat at Avila in their little hermitage out there and just spending the whole day. You know, I took scripture, I took a couple of books, I took lunch, I just stayed out there all day and prayed and just sought God with all my heart. And, you know, I came away at the, you know, at the end of the day and over the next couple of days, I came away with a sense that, that God was, God was going to guide me no matter what I did. And the question he had for me was, what do you want to do? Yeah, I'll be with you whatever you want to do, but what do you want to do? And I said, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. So that's, uh, that's how, that was my journey into the full-time ministry. And like, I know what you're talking about, Brent. I I definitely know what you're talking about uh, because I I went through the same process. I had to deal with, uh, with my wife and children and all of that kind of stuff too. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, and, not convince them of what I thought, but uh, kind of bring them along with me. And, and as I said, it was this long process. And uh, I remember sharing my testimony at a couple places, a few churches and all that stuff. And then I felt, well, God was saying, okay, Bill, this is what you need to do. And you need to give up everything else to do that. And uh, boy, I, t- I tell you what, um, it was an exciting, exciting time to do that and a scary time to mm-hmm. do that, you know, uh, for me and a family, for you, uh, <laughs> between us, we gave away a lot of businesses. That's for sure. Yes, we did. You know, and uh, took that, took that leap of faith. And, and uh, so, and, and it's been, it's been wonderful ever since it's been a journey. That's for sure. And it's, a, it's, <laughs> Sometimes let's be real. Sometimes it was a journey that you didn't want to be on, you know, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Because uh, 
it, it was a little bit stressful and it really tested, I know in my case, really tested my faith. But as, as I say, God's, God's working in this ministry and still is, it still is. So uh, let's go back a little bit and tell, tell us uh, after you and I stopped doing the uh, missions together and uh, you, you got into some uh, foreign uh, country missions and uh, in Africa, especially. So why don't you tell us, uh, share with us just a little bit about that. And I, I oh. you know, I talk to you all the time about it. I know how excited you are to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, tell, share a little bit with us about that. You know, one of the interesting things that, that I was pondering before I entered full-time ministry was, you know, uh, well, there were two things. One, I always had a heart for Africa. I always wanted to go to Africa. But then, you know, I had a question for God, are you going to want me to go to Africa? And <laughs> lo and behold, I, yeah, lo and behold, at a, I had attended a couple of conferences where uh, I met a guy named Peter Herbeck. And Peter is the, um, is the director of missions for Renewal Ministries, vice president, director of missions. And he and I were speaking together at a conference in Greensboro. And he uh, asked me if I had plans for lunch. I said, no. And so we met for lunch and he talked about all the mission work that Renewal was doing in Africa. They started in Ghana, but now they were in 30 different countries. This has been over a number of years. And they really needed other lay people to participate with them in this, in the ministry. And he asked me if I would, you know, if I would pray about, you know, coming on board as a, you know, as, as an associate with Renewal Ministries and participating in their mission work. So I did. Uh, at that time, uh, I had just gotten married or I was about to get married. And this was in 1999. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of discernment to do about that. Uh, talked with my, you know, my fiance at that time. And, um, you know, we decided it was a good move. So I told Peter that I would like to serve. I would, I would give, it a, give it a shot. So in 1999, I made my first uh, mission to Africa, to Ghana in West Africa. And uh, Renewal Ministries at that time would come into a country at the, at the invitation of one of the bishops. And at this time, when we were there, it was at the invitation of uh, Bishop Buckle, Archbishop Buckle in Accra and Cardinal Peter Turkson. So we met with them and uh, they talked to us about what was going on in Ghana and the great need for um, uh, education, religious education and formation in Ghana. Because the, the way the church was set up over there, you know, you have one parish, but they might have 20 missions way out in the bush and people didn't get the sacraments, you know, maybe once every three months or something. And the, the local church in the, you know, in the, in the mission areas were led by catechists. So they're the ones that did all the formation work and, and prepared people for the sacraments and things like that. But in, in Africa, the catechists, the succession for the catechists wasn't raising up the gifts of somebody. It was passed down from father to son you know, in that way. So it it was very patriarchal. It was very much a power position in the, you know, in the local community. So they wanted us to come in and do formation work with the catechist. So I I did that for 13 years. Yeah. Wasn't it amazing that they have these uh, 2000 mission churches or mission 
uh, all around, and they all and they kept their faith. They kept yes. the faith, and they, and it grew, and yep. it grew, right? And it did. And, we, and, we and the church there, the church there, yeah, the church. I'm sorry, the church there is very alive, and that's one of the reasons that uh, that the faith is still growing there is because the church is very alive. You know, it's not just Catholics. I mean, the Christian faith is is growing, yes. and. Um, you know, when you when you walked into a church over there, I mean, it's just it's it's like walking into a real celebration of the love of God. There's dancing, the, there's drums. Um, you know, I'm, I remember the first time walking into a church in Kofridwa in the diocese there, and it was a uh, 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 Saint Anne's Church, I believe was the name of it, way out in the you know out in the middle of a field. And we took a little Toyota taxi cab up there and all the windows were broken out of it. And when we got, you know, half a mile away from the church, you could hear the music, yeah. the drums and the music. And we got there an hour before the service to meet with the priest because he had invited us to speak. And the church was already packed and people were dancing and celebrating. And so we went and talked to father and he said, you know, sit up here in front and we'll introduce you and do all that stuff. And the church was just alive. The mass was three hours. Father's homily was, you know, 45 minutes. And it took almost an hour to take up the collection because they placed a little box in, at the front of the church and people didn't just they didn't pass a plate. You brought your, collect, your, your offering up and put it in this little box. You didn't just bring it. You danced it up. And somebody handed me some CDs, you know, the local currency, because they knew we didn't have any and said, go on up, you know. So there were three of us and we all three got up and tried to dance. Well, you know, the movie White Men Can't Jump or White Men Can't Dance either. So we <laughs> we kind of stumbled up there and put our they offering in. They knew where you were from. huh? <laughs> That's right. And at the end, you know, I asked at the end of the mass, which was incredible. I asked Father, I said, Father, just out of curiosity, what kind of. What does your offering look like at the end of Sunday? Is that enough to sustain the parish? He said, we usually, he said, in terms of, of dollars in the U.S., he said, we get about $15. Yeah. You know, and the church was packed. He said, the people are very poor, but they also brought up uh, at the offering. They also, they didn't just bring money after the, you know, they took the money out of the box, the donation box. When they brought up the offering, the sacramental offering and the offering from the people, then they brought up uh, toilet paper, eggs, fruits, vegetables. Uh, and one parish we were at, they brought up a pig because that was the gift for the priest so he could live because yeah. there's no salary over there. <clears throat> the people actually sustained him. So it's a different church in, in, the term, in terms of uh, the connection that they have you know, with their faith and truly believing that God will provide for them. Um, one more comment about that. It, it became apparent to me after many years going to Africa that not only there, but in our mission of work in Guatemala as well, that when people pray to our father, they really mean it. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Yes. Because many, many of them didn't know where the next day's meal was coming from. So it's, it's really. When you, uh, <clears throat> when you used to share those stories with me, because my image was my own parish and putting a dozen eggs or so in the uh, basket or walking a pig up uh, for the, for the, for the gifts. 
And uh, oh yeah, I wonder how that would go. Let me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder how yes, that it's, would make it. Right. It's well, a, you know, yeah, uh, Brent, go ahead. Go ahead. You want to say something? I was going to say that. The, you know, it's not, it's not a, I don't mean to say it's a different church. They, you know, we don't have different Catholic churches. It's all one faith, but it is, you know, it's lived out in a different way there. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. it really yeah. is. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, I want to look at that for a minute. Um, sometimes when I, when I talk to people all around that, you know, let's say, uh, let's give, I'll give you an example. If I'm in California in uh, upstate California, someone will say to me, so uh, how's the church in your diocese in Trenton? How, how's, mm-hmm. the, how's the church doing there? And I say, well, we have the same struggles. I think that everybody, every parish uh, and every diocese has probably throughout the world. Probably we, we, we're trying our best um, to live out the gospel and we're trying our best to, to uh, take that, gospel living and and bring it to our children and our children's children you know and that that kind of stuff our grandchildren and uh so i know you've been i mean i know you've been to africa you and i've been to ireland together and northern ireland and uh, belize and central america and all of that kind of stuff so what what is your what's your take on uh in this in this nutty time in our in our country and i i think i we could say most every country in the world. What what is your take on uh, the church? What's what's the church uh, going through, and h- how do you think it's going to come out of it in five years or ten years? Because I know this, I know churches are hurting mm-hmm. uh, in the United States. That's for sure. Um, they don't. Uh, they don't. They they're afraid to get together, uh, and rightly so. I'm not criticizing that. And they're afraid to get together and they're afraid to have events outside of a mass. Like we, I still do the parish missions. Uh, you do other things, but I still do the parish missions. And I had starting in March, I probably had 15 of them canceled. Just had mm-hmm. two canceled last week. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I know that things are happening. Uh, but how do you feel about what's going on in the church and where's it headed? Maybe you can share a little bit about that with us. One of the things that uh, that I've been thinking about is something I read, um, you know, last month. And the term was put like this. You go from um, from order to disorder to reorder. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where we are now. Um, the Holy Spirit is is moving in the church. It, it has, and it always will move in the church. The challenge for us is to discern how that's happening. You know, we do that in prayer. We do that in participation as we can, as you mentioned, it's very hard to do right now. But I think that, I think that our job now, since we have been removed for the most part from our rituals, our communities is really discerning what the Holy spirit is doing in our lives in my life, in your life, and the life of the of, of people in the parish and of the world, um, that's that's what I see happening. I, you know, the church is always calling for a new evangelization, and I think this is part of that. It's part of taking. Now we have the time to say, where is my faith? Is it in is it in the church? 
And you and I both know if it's in the church totally and only that you're going to be disappointed True. Uh, because the church is human, you know, and, and we all we all fall and fail. And, you know, it's like the scandal that the church, uh, you know, started with and is still going through in some ways. Yes. Uh, it's really forced everybody to look at where their faith is. And I think this is where we are today. Where's your faith? And it gives us an opportunity to pray. It gives us an opportunity to draw closer to God in a personal way, even though we are sacrificing the communal aspect of that right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree with that. And I, <clears throat> and when I go around the country, um, people ask me, you know, so what, how, what's it like in Missouri or what's it like? And I say, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like here, but it's like here in New Jersey. But I'll tell you what, I find some absolutely wonderful people, absolutely fantastic priests who are committed to their faith, who, who, uh, who want to evangelize the people, who want to uh, send out the message of God's love and, and how we're supposed to live out the gospel. So, you know, I take, I take great uh, comfort in that. And uh, I, I see some, some uh, when I was in uh, New Hampshire just a, a, a month or two ago, uh, I spoke to the, to the kids and uh, the, the elementary and, and high school. And these kids were, they're, they're, they had fantastic faith. They, they, mm -hmm. they knew their faith and they're trying to live it out in their everyday. So I'm very encouraged by all of that. Very encouraged. Now, do we still have problems? Yeah, the good news is, we have problems and uh, we'll always have problems. And the, right. and the apostles had problems. So it's nothing, mm -hmm. new, you know, but uh, I, th I think you would agree with this, that uh, there's some great things going on in the church, mm -hmm. uh, new ministries and, and great things. And as long as we're preaching and living the gospel, we're in good shape. As long as we realize that the Holy Spirit's running the show. Exactly. And I think, the opportunity that we all have um, in this time right now is to deepen our relationship with God and to, to try to understand uh, how the spirit is moving in our lives and how to actually live the gospel in this time. Yeah. How do you do that? You know, how do you live it with your family and how do you live it when you can't gather in community and who do you reach out to? And, uh, one of the things that has happened to me recently is I've made contact with some folks that I actually met uh, at missions. One of them was in uh, Emmitsburg in Maryland. And mm -hmm. um, when we were up there, Bill, and yeah. this was yeah. uh, uh, with, with uh, Father Larry Frazier. I know you remember him. And this was a couple that went to his parish and they had, they had reached out to me over Christmas and had, you know, um, had some things they wanted to talk about. So we've been in dialogue and working together on, you know, on some spiritual things. And it's been a real, it's been a great opportunity, you know, not for just them, but also for me. For you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, all right, Brent, we're, uh, we're kind of running out of time here. And uh, it's been a, been a pleasure, although you and I speak all the time, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And uh, I want to thank you for that to give your, Wife Kathy, a big hug for uh, for me, and uh, God bless you, man. She's Thank you very much. Too. Okay. All right, Bill. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me be your first guest. All right. All right. If we All never right. do this again, 
It's your fault. Okay. Just so you know. <laughs> Always is. God bless you. Bye. All right. You too. Hello, everybody. This is Bill Wegner, your host for the podcast, Returning to the Heart of Jesus. I know you just uh, watched an interview between myself and uh, Brent Heiser, and I just wanted to say a few words at the end. Uh, we tried out this new format uh, of a Zoom meeting and interview, and we'll be doing that uh, periodically during the next few months, maybe every other week or so, interviewing different people, talking about their faith and uh, how it affected their lives, whether it be in uh, business or sports or, or ministry or anything uh, like that, that could maybe be an encouragement for all of us as we go through these crazy times. I just wanted to thank you. I want to thank those of you who have been faithful uh, watching our podcast or listening to it on Spotify. And uh, I just want to thank you also for the wonderful feedback that we've been getting from, from all of you. And also, I want to thank those of you who have financially supported our ministry and, and also have prayed for us. Um, as I said, uh, these, tough, these tough times uh, bring out the best in people and I, I'll, I will say this as, as I wrap this up what a wonderful time to be alive and what a wonderful time to be in the church because we are the beacons of hope for people to bring them to Jesus to encourage them in their faith and and to let them know how much God loves them and how he has them right in the palm of his hand. And I'll say this, you folks have been a wonderful encouragement for me and for the other people in Good News Ministries. So God bless you. I love you. And keep watching and subscribe if you can and invite your friends and family and enemies to come and watch with us. Okay? God bless you. I love you.